You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. It is Sunday Fun Day here on 98.7 ESPN, and not just any average Sunday Fun Day. It is Masters Sunday. We just spent the last hour on the tee talking about the Masters and uh, today's round, getting you ready. Again, if you missed any portion of that, by all means, please uh, check it out on uh, our podcast, on our site, as well as my, my Twitter, at Anita Marks. Uh, but the next three hours... We're going to talk a lot of Major League Baseball. Is the boys of summer? Doesn't feel like summer yet, but it's around the corner. At least hopefully it is. Um, hopefully May will be a lot better. Uh, the end of April and May will be a lot better than what, what, we, what we've experienced weather-wise. But nonetheless, um, you've got the Yankees going at it with the Red Sox. Uh, they are undefeated now. Uh, they beat the Red Sox 4-2, to two, even though Severino, uh, not a great performance. We'll get into that. And the Red Sox blew another lead. They got up early on Severino. He went three innings, um, gave up five hits, two runs, only five strikeouts. Granted, he was on a pitch count. Uh, he threw he he tossed seven, sixty-five pitches. But thank goodness for that lineup, and that's what uh, Brian Cashman and the Yankees are banking on. And Rizzo, home run, Stanton, two-run home run, and they come back. Chapman gets the save. So uh, and they're back at it tonight, seven o'clock. Montgomery uh, will be pitching. So the Yankees are looking for the sweep. 800-919-3776. Then also, you've got the Mets and the Nationals. Now, Mets shutout, baby, against the Nats, 5-0. So the Mets are 3-0. It's the first time, this is the first time that the Mets are 3-0 since 2012. How about that? But we talked about it yesterday. I'm going to open up the phone lines. I'd love to hear from you again, 800-919-3776. And this is, the, this is the, I wouldn't say the first time, but in a while, Heading into the season, are the expectations for the Mets higher than the Yankees? And, and that doesn't mean that... Here's the thing. And, and Ty, I'd, I'd love, because I know you're a Yankees fan, I'd love for you to chime in on this. Expectation for the Mets is to win the National League East and make a deep run into winning a World Series. If they don't win a World Series... Um, it'll be a huge disappointment, especially considering this pitching rotation. Bassett was unbelievable yesterday, six innings, and uh, and and just was until he handed over to the bullpen. Again, uh, the Mets pitched a shutout, five zero against the Nationals. Keep in mind, when he was with the A's, he was twelve and four with a three fifteen ERA. So if he could pick up where he left off before he got shelled in the face, which was just gr- gruesome and graphic and horrible and, and mentally, I'm sure, difficult to come back from, boy, uh, with a potentially healthy DeGrom uh, Scherzer, who looked good yes- the day before yesterday, and, and Bassett, wow, uh, this could be a dangerous team. But here, here's, here's where I'm going with this. Expectations. With what we've seen so far, and I know small sample size, season just started, opening day was Thursday, I get all that, right? Like, so much happens in the course of a very lengthy Major League Baseball season in regard to July, the trade deadline. And then, of course, um, you know, it's, it's, so, it's, it's such a long season, you've, you've, it's an ebb and flow, there's highs, there's lows, there's injuries, all that withstanding. Um, I still feel that if the Mets win the National League East, make a deep run, even let's say go to the World Series and lose the World Series, it's still a it's still a huge positive season for Mets fans. Okay? Where for the Yankees, even though again, and we could get into all the reasons why, and it was great we had um uh, Lennon on from uh, Newsday yesterday 
And I thought he made a really, really great point, Ty. And, and it really stood out to me in, in the interview with him yesterday in that, that maybe a reason why Cashman felt the need to share the offer that the Yankees offered Judge was for Yankee fans to understand why they weren't more active and, aggra- active and attractive and aggressive during the free agency time and going after some of the big names, how a lot of these big name guys uh, passed up on them because of the deal that was on the table that they were offering Judge and that they wanted to get it done. But with that being said, this rotation, kind of frightening. Garrett Cole did not look good yesterday, or day before yesterday. Severino didn't look great. So what realistic, for, as a Yankee fan, let me tee it up this way. As a Yankee fan, Ty, what are your realistic expectations for the season? It's a tough question because if you asked me this every single season since they went to Game 7 of the American League Championship Series in 2017, so if you had asked me 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, the realistic expectation was to go out there and win a World Series because it's not just about you know having one of the highest payrolls in baseball, but it's the surplus of talent on the roster when you have Judge. You know, who a guy who should have been the MVP in 2017. And Stanton's a former league MVP. You've got Garrett Cole, you know, a, a Cy Young caliber pitcher. So uh, with, with the, the talent you have at your disposal, the expectation should be to win the World Series. But as you alluded to, since the offseason was so underwhelming, I don't know if it's realistic. Can they go out, can, can they go out there and win a championship? Absolutely. You, you still got one of the best rosters in baseball. But is that my expectation? Honestly, no. I, I don't. I don't think I expect them to win a World Series. Now, can that change over the course of the next four or five months? Uh, we don't want to go crazy and overreact to a two and zero start. Um, but can we see this team, you know, ascend in the American League East and ultimately they look like one of the powerhouses in baseball? And, and I change my mind. Sure, but right now, is my expectation that they win a World Series? No. I just think that they have too many question marks. Uh, Garrett, okay. Garrett uh, so, 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 I, so I guess, so I guess, what is your what is your expectation then? If it's not World Series, what is it? You make the because a lot of people are anticipating Toronto to win to to win the the yeah. AL East. Not just to win the AL East. A lot of people are picking them to to win the title. So, mm. yeah, I mean the the Blue Jays right now, um, Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, on opening day, released odds to win the World Series. The, the Blue Jays were nine to one, only behind the Dodgers at five to one. So the betting public is on Toronto to represent the American League, and and a lot of people feel like they could win the World Series. Uh, ahead of the Yankees on those odds, as far as the American League is concerned, are in addition to the Blue Jays, the Astros, and the White Sox. So. Um, can they be better than those teams? Of course. Uh, my expectation is you get to the, the playoffs, just get to the American League Championship Series. Can we do that for the first time since 2019? Can, can that be? Can that be uh, the floor this year? Can that be the floor? That that's my expe- expectation. Get to the American League Championship Series, and then you know see what you have in a, in a best of seven uh, against you know the White Sox or the Astros or or the Rays or the Blue Jays or any of those teams. Just get me to the American League Championship Series, and I guess right now I say I'll be happy. Even though you know ask me this in October, I'll, I'll probably change my mind and say no. It was disappointing. You got to win the World Series. Well, you know here's here's what we do know, right? 
the makeup of a, of a team right now um, at the start of April is not necessarily the makeup of the team as we get closer to the trade deadline, which rolls around in July, right? So, Correct. Uh, you know, based on, and, and, and I'm going to open up the phone lines just out of curiosity, and I, I would like to circle back in regard to, uh, you know, the, the Aaron Judge situation. And by the way, read an, an interesting article on ESPN.com today, this morning, uh, about, you, we're talking about the Toronto Blue Jays, a lot of people feeling, of course, that they're going to win uh, the division. You're just, you know, you're sharing with us, like, you know, the, the odds out there for them to win a World Series. Time will tell. We'll see a lot of people high on them. Uh, but they have that no-vax law in place, that rule. So Major League Baseball players who are going to travel to Toronto, many are going to stay home from that series um, because they, uh, they, they can't play if they're not vaxxed. And there's, there's speculation, okay, you know, the HIPAA, HIPAA rules and HIPAA laws and, and privacy and all that really can't um, divulge, but there's speculation that judge is not vaxxed. So now you're talking about, um, and and time will tell, right? Like, you you look at you look at the the season, and you look, for example, the, the Rangers are there right now, and and the entire Rangers team is there. So what what does that tell you that the entire Rangers team is is vaxxed? Okay, so but we will know in regard to the season and how the season progresses what players are vaxxed, who is and who's not, based on who's going to be able to play in those series in Toronto. And there's talk and speculation that Aaron Judge is not vaxxed. Here's your arguably best player face of the franchise. Um, and again, total respect. It's his choice, whatever. I- I'm not, I- I'm not judging him, but I'm just saying, here's your favorite. Here's, here's your top player fr- face of the franchise. Um, obviously a big cog, a big key in that, in that lineup. Um, that potentially will not be available to play in games against the Toronto Blue Jays, who you're going to be competing to win the American League East. Again, time will tell. There's speculation here. The article is saying that, you know, because he hasn't been uh, very open and forthcoming in regards to uh, whether or not he's vaccinated or not. Uh, so that's a big question mark. So, um, you know, what... What what this team is going to look like in July based on how well does this Yankees team compete and how relevant and how close do they do, do they stay in this race, in this division, let alone in Major League Baseball, knowing where uh, the Aaron uh, the uh, the Aaron Judge camp stands with what the Yankees are willing to pay, what happens now? They weren't aggressive during the the free agent time, right? Because they were trying to work out this deal with Judge. Now they know what it's going to take. You know, is, is this a Yankees organization front office that's sitting back and, and saying, okay, let's see what Judge does this season? I doubt it. I really feel that, I feel that the Yankees know what they're going to do with Judge. Whether it's, this is the best deal that we're going to offer, like, like, I don't know about you, Ty. I don't feel the Yankees are going to circle back around and offer him the $35 million 10-year deal he wants. I just don't. So I, I think this is going to be a really interesting few months. How, how does Judge perform? Um, you know, we, we had a, because he's betting on himself, we had a caller, if you recall yesterday, call in and say, is he, is he going to make those leaping grabs in outfield where he potentially could hurt himself along the wall 
or is he going to take it easy? And not maybe not take it easy, but play a little bit safer this season because he can't afford to get injured if that's the deal he's looking to get in Major League Baseball. If the Yankees know that that's where his camp is and they are $100 million in many years off, does Judge get traded in July? And how different will this team look heading into uh, you know, the, the, the summer months? It's just, there's, there's, just, there's, so much, there's so much to think about. It's, 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 it's an onion and it has a lot of peels and we're peeling them back right now. 800-919-3776. Your thoughts on the Yankees? Again, uh, comeback win yesterday. Rizzo and Stanton, two-run home run. Uh, Severino did just enough, but still nothing to hold your, your head on that or, or your hat on. I'd say both Severino and Garrett Cole's performances leave me a little concerned, well, a lot concerned in regards to that rotation, but I've been concerned for quite a while now. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday morning, Masters Sunday here on 98.7 ESPN. I don't know what I'm more excited for. My homemade egg salad and pimento cheese spread or uh, or the fact that we've got two of the best golfers this season going at it teeing off at 2:40 this afternoon uh 800-919-3776 the phone number we're talking all things yankees uh we'll talk about the mets as well they are three and zero on the season and damn do they look good look a lot and and not to take anything away from the yankees right like you know they're two and oh they're gonna take on the red sox tonight uh, it's seven o'clock it's the premier game uh, Montgomery's going to be on the bump. Hopefully they get the sweep as well. But, you know, just uh, just a, a, different, a different way of winning ballgames. And coming back, their lineup, great. As we know, Rizzo, uh, as well as Stanton, two-run home run. I get it. But, boy, do the Mets look good. Mets fans have to feel really good right now. I know, small sample size, start of the season, not sure about DeGrom, yada, yada, yada. I get all that. Age, an issue, especially combined DeGrom as well as Scherzer. I get all that. But so far, it's just uh, that Mets team just looks uber, uber impressive. Um, before we get to your calls, and, and also I want to circle back to a conversation we had yesterday uh, because it, 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 we took a ton of calls and there were a lot of people that we didn't get to, and I apologize. So I want to open up the phone lines for you to chime in, and that's with uh, the big story in regard to what happened this week and the contract that was offered to, uh, to Aaron Judge by Cashman in the Yankees. Um, and, and just to sum it up, uh, Yankees making Aaron Judge offering to make him the second highest paid uh, um, outfielder behind Mike Trout. Um, what six, six, seven years, something like that, at thirty million dollars a year. Trout makes thirty five point five million dollars a year. The uh, the Judge camp wants to him to be paid the highest all um, outfielder in Major League Baseball. He also wants a better contract than Garrett Cole. So. Uh, the two are at odds. Brian Cashman did something that most general managers do not do, and that was he went public, uh, revealing exactly what the numbers were, which really, I'm sure, upset Judge and that camp. So things, I'm sure, are very dicey there between Judge and the front office. Interesting to see how this is all going to prevail, but I said that I think Judge should take the deal um, I know Ty disagrees. What say you? 800-919-3776. Before we do take your calls, Buster Olney was a guest on a show prior to me, our national show on ESPN. He had some interesting things to say. Uh, let's listen in. They weren't even in the same universe, Aaron. Like, they were not even remotely close. They, the Yankees, as they fashioned their 
offered a judge, which is basically about $30.5 million a year for seven years, you know, they looked at uh, precedent with other outfielders. Mookie Betts, his deal, uh, because it has so much deferred money, is worth about $26 million a year. You know, Harper's at about $25 million a year. Mike Trout's at about $36 million a year. So the Yankees dropped their offer, you know, their annual offer to judge in kind of in between those two groups at $30.5 million. And what Judge was looking for was a little bit north of what Mike Trout's average salary, his annual salary. I think that, you know, the Yankees' perspective was, look, those guys all signed their deals in their mid-20s, and Aaron Judge is going to be 30 years old later this month. Uh, And from Aaron Judge's perspective, he's betting on himself, right? It's a tremendous risk. Talking with agents yesterday, some of them said that if they'd been representing Judge, they would have uh, advised him to sign that deal. But Aaron Judge is someone who's very self-assured. He's got a lot of confidence in himself. It's his prerogative, you know, to go for a bigger deal uh, and free agency in the fall. And that seems to be where he's headed because they were not close. Buster only. Um, And I agree with him. I know a lot of people do agree as well. Some don't, like Ty. We come back, let's have the discussion. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on this Masters Sunday Funday here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you on this Masters Sunday fun day. This leaderboard update brought to you by 98.7 ESPN and by Miomi Wine. Whether you're tuning in to watch the pros or celebrating uh, your own game, tee up a glass of Miomi, the official wine of the PGA Tour. Visit Miomi.com today. Please enjoy Miomi Wines responsibly. Miomi Wines, Campo, California. Uh, leaderboard talked about it for the first hour. was with you from 8 to 9 a.m. on the tee. Scotty Scheffler. Nine under, top of leaderboard, three-shot lead over Cam Smith. Really, it's going to come down to these two dudes today. They tee off at 240. Um, Sun JM is five shots back at four under. Uh, liked him coming in as well. Uh, bet him to finish in the top five and top ten. He's uh, third right now, so uh, that should win me some money, hopefully. Uh, also, Corey Connors tied for six. He's one under. Too far back, though. I really think, again, I think he's going to a two-man race, and it's going to come down to the two best golfers. Uh, this year on tour in Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith. That's for sure. All right, before we get to your calls, 800-919-3776, let's listen in more from Buster Olney uh, in regard to the situation with uh, Aaron Judge and the Yankees. I think it's very realistic. Um, uh, look, I, you know, the Yankees, uh, as they did about a decade ago, Robinson Cano became a free agent, and the Yankees, decided they were going to hold the line of what they wanted to offer him. And he wound up signing with the Seattle Mariners. I think that in this case, they have a limit. They don't want to give him an eight, nine, 10 year deal. Uh, they don't want to pay him as high as Mike Trout, you know, maybe in the fall, if he has another monster year and he's able to stay on the field, you know, that they would get back into negotiations with him. But at that point, they'll be bidding against other teams. And let's face it, especially early in a collective bargaining agreement, In baseball, you know, we just saw that signed uh, last month. Teams are typically more aggressive in in spending money. And all it's going to take is one owner, you know, and maybe it's Steve Cohen of the Mets. Maybe it's an owner with another team. Maybe it's the the Giants front office, uh, which has a lot of uh, payroll flexibility. Maybe they're the team that says, yep, we want Aaron Judge, now a proven entity in a big market to come here. Uh, and to be, you know, the face of our franchise. I, it reminds me a lot of what happened with Freddie Freeman and the Braves. If you guys remember, Chipper Jones told Freddie last August, look, if you hit free agency, 
some other team is going to emerge uh, and wind up signing you. And I think that's the case with Aaron Judge now that we know he's going to become a free agent. How about that? Marinating that for a minute. 800-919-3776. Ty, I know that you said in the break you disagree with my take, um, as well as Buster Olney, uh, that uh, Aaron Judge should have accepted the offer. Um, why? No, it's more so about yesterday, this idea that because Aaron Judge rejected the offer, he's somehow selfish. And you hear that a lot from fans who I understand are frustrated because they want this to be in the rearview mirror. It's one of the best players in baseball. You want the contract to be done so you can just focus on winning the World Series. Having this hang over your head the entire season is not something that you want. And as a diehard Yankee fan myself, I would agree with that. But this idea that he's fresh, that he's selfish, is so laughable to me because... Here's a guy who, as Buster just said, is betting on himself. When he's healthy, he is every season. Every season that Aaron Judge is healthy, he's going to be in the MVP conversation. He's one of the best players in baseball. We've seen what he's been able to do, and yes, he has the injury history uh, built into why you would be uh, leery of giving him a long-term contract, especially because you don't know how a guy of that size is going to uh, age. But he, that that deal is still going to be available to him at the end of the year, barring some type of injury that you know he can't play baseball again. And there are going to be teams that are going to buy for his services that will decide uh, he's you know he's capable of, of someone who's able to be given an eight or nine or maybe a ten year contract. So I don't think it makes him selfish. You know he's been playing under contract, you know making hundreds of thousands of dollars. Nowhere near the value that he provides as one of the best players in baseball. So he's been on a bargain contract, and now for him, it's time to cash in. And he's earned that. You know, it's going to come with the territory of, you know, wearing the pinstripes and being one of the best players in baseball. Go get your money. I don't don't agree that he's selfish. That's something that I have to vehemently reject. Well, you know, I I, I think, I think. I, I didn't call him selfish yesterday, by the way. No, um, I'm not saying you did. I said okay, a lot of okay, okay, but 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 yeah, I mean, we did, and and we did. We we got a lot of calls yesterday on this, and there were a number of Yankee fans that that, that felt and and still, I'm sure, feel that he's being selfish in in this regard. Um, you know, and and this is the, this is about the third time you and we had some callers yesterday allude to the fact that he's been playing under value. Well, that's the system in place. It's not necessarily. Um, you know, it's not, it's not like a judge is an outlier in regard to what he's been playing for. Uh, th- this, this is the way the system is in place. So teams have the ability to compete. This is the system that's in place so that owners in, in scouting departments and front offices benefit by going out in, in, and being able to pay homegrown talent, um, you know, a small, a small amount until of course you know their contracts are up and and then and then they get their payday that this is this is the system this isn't like oh you know the, the Yankees screwed uh Aaron Judge over that that's not what this is about there's there's a system in place there's an ebb and flow so that teams can be competitive you know if 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 the Yankees would have come out and uh, you know paid Aaron uh, you know paid Judge that kind of money 2 3 years ago when you when he, I'm and and don't and don't get me wrong uh, is he worthy? Absolutely. He's absolutely worthy. But if, if they would have done that, then, uh, you know, would they have been able to afford Stanton? Uh, possibly not. Like, you know, so there's a rhythm, a rhythm and flow to, uh, you know, why that system is in place. 
No, I understand um, that, and I'm not blaming the Yankees for it. I'm just saying that um, like two things can be true. The Yankees had every reason to, to think they wanted to see Judge have a, a full, healthy season and produce at the level that he did last year before they gave him a, a big contract. They had every right to feel that way because after 2017, you had a three-year run where he missed 50 games, he missed 60 games, then he missed, I believe it was 32 games. So if you want to see him put together a full season you know, where he's healthy and can produce before you pay him, go ahead. But my only point is with Judge, you've looked at the production you've had the last, what, five or six years, and you're saying, I'm worth every bit as much as a Mike Trout or a Mookie Betts or you know any of the, the top-tier names in the sport. You know, Fernando Tatis Jr. Anyone who's making top-level dollar, I'm worth every bit as that, not just because of who, the, the player I am now, but based on the, the level of production I've given you the last couple of seasons. So I'm, I'm just not going to fault him or call him selfish in that regard. Again, listen, I'm not going to sit here and call him selfish, and I said this yesterday. Like, you know, is it if, – if, if you were judge, would you sit back and go, yeah, you know what, Mike Trout's better than me, so, yeah, I should accept less. No, you're not going to say that. Of course not. I don't – right, I, I, don't, I don't fault him for saying that, but the numbers don't lie. Statist statistics don't lie. Um, you know, durability doesn't lie. Age doesn't lie. I think sometimes we forget, like – Judge was a late bloomer in regard to getting into the bigs. He's 30 years old now. You know, to, to offer him that 10-year deal, um, you know, is not wise. It really isn't. Now, can you, and, and I know Busser only alluded to this. We know what's happening with the Mets. We know what's, we know what's happening with that ownership, right? That's like, uh, you know, Steinbrenner, you know, uh, recreated, right? Um, yeah. Over there with the Mets, with the endless pockets. Could you imagine that, if the Mets come to the table? Like, would the Mets offer the deal that that um, that uh, the that judge is, is 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 requesting? Or well, that's the know, worst I hate case. to use the word demanding. <laughs> that's the worst case scenario. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, hey, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, Ty. That is. I mean, based on based on what we're seeing happen here with that ownership group. So that so a couple of things like losing Aaron Judge. Like, if the Yankees go out, do you expect them to win the World Series this year? Who, the Mets? The Yankees. Oh, no. Okay. So if they don't win the World Series this year, you know, what happens every October is we do like a an autopsy on the season and then we project forward. All right, how does Cashman improve the roster in order to get Starting those... pitching. I've said, like, no, I I've feel like I'm a broken record. No, so, yeah, we do that every year. But yep. could you imagine we now get to October and on top of uh, on top of having to improve the starting pitching... You now have to replace Aaron Judge, like that's a nightmare. And then, and then it's having to replace Aaron Judge, who didn't just leave, but he went to Queens to play with the Mets. Like that's the worst case scenario. And I'm not saying it's gonna happen. Who knows? I ultimately, I think the Yankees and Judge are gonna agree to an extension. Uh, this is just how negotiations work. He throws out a number he wants. They, they put the number they want, and then maybe you'll meet somewhere in the middle. You have a productive season, and maybe you go out there and win the World Series, and everyone's happy, and you pay the guy. But <laughs> if him going to the Mets is on the table, just thinking about that the next six months, that's a nightmare for me, and I know uh, every other Yankee fan out there feels the same way. Whether or not you think he's selfish or not, him going to the Mets, that, that just can't happen. Uh, Hector and Queens, I see you. We'll get to you when we uh, return on the opposite end, 800-919-3776. Again, I know we fielded a lot of calls yesterday in regard to this specific topic. 
and the contract situation that has unfolded between Judge and the Yankees. Now we hear from Buster, Buster Olney this morning saying that he feels Judge should have accepted the deal. Ten years is just too long, but yet if he does become a free agency, <laughs> don't sleep on the Mets. Coming up and paying him exactly what he's, what he's demanding. Maybe that's why. Maybe he knows there are teams out there that are willing to pay him the $10 million, $35 plus million, the 10-year, $35 plus million a year contract. And could that team be the Mets? How, <laughs> how upsetting would that be? Knowing that, knowing that that's an opportunity, okay? Uh, now does that, has that changed your, 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 your philosophy, your opinion in regard to what the Yankees should maybe counter for Judge just to make sure they don't let him go. 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you. We'll come back with your calls. 98.7 ESPN. Before we get to your calls, it's time for Diamond Notes, brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at uh, at London Jewelers. And uh, yesterday you had the Rays take care of the Orioles, 5-3, no surprise there. White Sox uh, beat the Tigers 5-2, so they're 1-1 one one on the season. Mariners taking care of the Twins 4-3. Mariners 2-0. I'm telling you, don't sleep on the Mariners. I got them going to the playoffs this season um, at plus money at plus 150. Cardinals took care of the, the, the Pirates 6-2. Uh, Blue Jays beating the Rangers 4-3, so they're, they're undefeated this season. They're 2-0 as well. Of course, we told you the Yankees score. We've been talking about it for the first hour, 4-2. Um, and of course, the Mets taking care of the Nationals 5-0. They're 3-0 on the season. Braves beating the Reds 2-1. Uh, Rockies beating the Dodgers. How about that? 3-2. I like the over in that game, so I was a loser in that regard. I like the over in that game, and I like the over in the Yankees game yesterday. So I did not win money there, that's for sure. Uh, this has been your Diamond Notes, brought to you by 2 by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Pick or design the perfect engagement ring to fit your budget uh, of any of their six area locations. Let's go to your calls. We start off with Hector in Queens. Hector, welcome in. What you got? Hey, guys. How you doing? Love the show. Basically, I'm not worried about the Yankees. I can't blame them for not giving Judge that much money, especially with his injury history. And I understand his part, too. I'm not blaming him either. He should shoot for the moon, you know? And that's really just my point. Also, um, let's slow down on the Mets. The Nationals are going to lose 100 games. So let's just wait and see. Talk to me in August, all right? Goodbye. <laughs> um, the Mets looking good, man. Uh, Pete Alonso, grand slam with a busted lip. You got to love that. Bassett looked good yesterday, six innings. Um, and they shut out the, the, the Nationals 5-0, so now they're 3-0. The first time uh, the, uh, the Mets are 3-0 since 2012. And, and we opened up. The, the nine o'clock hour talking about realistic expectations for both these ball clubs, the Yankees and the Mets. And, and for, for me, I have a higher, I have a higher ceiling for the Mets. And, and again, because of their pitching rotation. And, and of course I'm, I'm banking that DeGrom is going to come back and be somewhat okay. Um, play a certain number of solid games to be able to start and pitch for, for the Mets. Obviously the addition of Scherzer is amazing. Um, and and I do, I do I expect them to go further than the Yankees this season. Do I expect them to win a World Series? Mm, kind of. I, obviously, you got to like the Dodgers. Obviously, you got to like the Dodgers coming in, especially getting Freeman. Um, I do like the White Sox this year. 
Uh, Ty mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays as well. A lot of people anticipating them to make a big run and possibly win a World Series. Um, it's going to be a fun year, that's for sure. Uh, we come back, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk some uh, some NBA. Moke Hamilton is going to join us. Uh, you've got some NBA games that uh, that are on today that are going to be really interesting and and this is, the, this is the last day of the regular season, so this is the last day of games. And then we got playing games that are coming your way next week on, I want to say, Monday or Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday I believe. So um, the games that you need to pay attention to today, if you're watching how the East is going to pan out, especially if you're a Nets fan, the Bucks are taking on Cleveland, and they need to win in order to solidify the two seed. If they, they lose to Cleveland and Boston beats Memphis, Boston then jumps up to the two seed. The Nets, uh, they're taking on the Pacers today at 3.30 in Brooklyn. They need to win to make sure they get that seventh seed and they will host the first round of the play-in game, more than likely against Cleveland. Again, Cleveland is taking on the Bucks today. So that's it's very a domino effect in regard to how this East is going to pan out. And of course, the bigger question here. And I'll open up the phone lines, and and we'll we'll talk to this about with with Moke Hamilton, and that is, what is the better matchup for the Nets? Is it the Bucks? Is it the Celtics? I've I've loved this the Celtics team. They they hands down have been the best team since the All Star break. Um, you know, defensively, I know they lost Robert Williams, uh, but there's a chance that he does return if they do go far. Maybe he returns in time for uh for the championship if they, if they do represent the East. But also I like the trade with Derek White. I think bringing him in is pretty crucial. And Marcus Smart, arguably best defensive player in the NBA. So even though the loss of Robert Williams is huge, defensively they're still good. And Tatum and, and Jalen Brown have just been a phenomenal one-two punch offensively for Boston. So I do like Boston a lot. Uh, but it's like it's kind of like pick your poison, right? Like both these matchups, not good for the Nets, especially uh, the fact that uh, they're not expected to have Ben Simmons um, active and attractive. We'll dive into all this with Mo Hamilton. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday morning, kickoff hour two of the Anita Marks show, hour three, because we started early, eight o'clock, getting you ready for the Masters, the final round. Uh, again, if you missed that hour, it's it's up on uh, our podcast site on 98.7 ESPN, as well as uh, my Twitter site as well, at Anita Marks. More to come, 98.7 ESPN. In the meantime, why don't we just, let's go to John in the Bronx. He wants to continue to talk about the Yankees. John, welcome in. Hey, good morning, Anita. So nice to talk to you. Good morning, good morning. Um, yeah, I, I just want to say I'm a huge Yankee fan. Been a Yankee mm-hmm. fan since I was a kid. But, but Yankee fans kind of make me sick. They're <laughs> never, ever, ever happy. I mean, I'm not too upset about the moves Cashman made this year. I'm kind of happy they didn't go out and spend all this money, and I'm happy they didn't sign Judge to that contract. I'm happy he didn't accept it. And how, I, how would I you how would you feel, John? Get... John, just just oh, out of that? curiosity, just out of curiosity, because you know we 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 played some clips from Buster Olney, who was on ESPN Radio earlier today, from Jeff Passan, and both of them are kind of throwing out the speculation that maybe if Aaron Judge uh, hits free agency, that the Mets and Steve Cohen will come after him with the money that he wants. How would that make you feel, John, as a Yankees fan? It doesn't make me feel anyway. If does if that's Judge wants to do, then more power to him. That just shows me that he's not 
you know, all that Yankee talk. Oh, I want to be a big Yankee, uh, Yankee till, till the end. Come on, they just threw a whole bunch of money. You're, you're a 30 year old man. You should have took that. Come on. I'm looking at Judge kind of in a whole different light right now. That's yeah, we, we took that. John. Thanks for the phone call. I, I appreciate it. Um, and we took a, a ton of phone calls on that yesterday. Uh, we're going to switch gears here. We do have Moke Hamilton back. Moke, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Hope you're well as well. I am. I'm uh, my sinuses. I know I sound really stuffed up. I, I feel fine. Um, I just my it, it's that time of year, right? Like, you know, pollen's bad. Um, apparently this, this week it was pretty bad. So, uh, I'm dealing with some sinuses, but I, I, I feel a lot better than I sound. That's for sure. Uh, without, without further ado, uh, this is the last regular season day for the NBA and, on uh, all eyes in regard to a few of the games with teams that are in the East, the Bucks taking on Cleveland, Boston taking on Memphis, the Nets taking on the Pacers, the Nets needing to win and other things falling into place to make sure that they could, they, they get that seventh seed and will host the play-in game this coming week. The Bucks needing to win to make sure they stick to the, the two seed. Boston wanting that two seed as well. They're taking on Memphis. How do you think today plays out? Uh, I, I think if the basketball gods love us, that they'll end the same way they begin, which would be Milwaukee landing in at number two and Brooklyn sticking at number seven. Uh, you know, I, I, I desperately wanted to see these teams match up against each other in playoffs again this year. Didn't necessarily want it to be in the first round, but if that's the way it's got to be, then, hey, uh, I'll, I'll take it, you know, just because I know that both teams will be really, really motivated. Uh, Milwaukee wants to prove that their, their, their title last season wasn't a fluke. Brooklyn wants to prove that they're the, the new bully on the block. You know, so I think that that would be a very compelling first round series. And I think that's what's in the cards for us. You know, one thing that conversation that I'm having with a lot of Nets fans and just NBA fans in general, and that is, you know, what what's what's the better matchup for the Nets? Let's just say all intents purposes, we expect them to get that seventh seed and they win. Um, you know, a lot is, is writing in regard to today's games in regard to the Bucks and the boss in, in the Boston Celtics. I do believe the Bucks end up with that second seed. I do believe that that's going to be our first round matchup, but I love this Boston team. I know you're, you're on with me each and every Sunday. We've talked about it. I, I just, I feel Boston has been the best team since the all-star break. What do you, who do you, what, what, what team, what matchup do you think bodes better for the Nets to potentially win their first round? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I, I think I think either one of them would be very difficult. But if I'm Brooklyn, I mean, look, Giannis is a top 75 player in NBA history. Uh, he's the reigning finals MVP, uh, former MVP of the league. I don't think if you have a choice, you would ever prefer to see that guy. You know what I mean? So um, I think that's how I would that's how I feel for Brooklyn. They themselves will tell you they don't care who they play. They're willing to play whoever. But if I have to choose between seeing Giannis for six or seven games and, and Chris Milton or seeing Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I think I prefer Boston, especially because Robert Williams, uh, I, I believe he's going to be on the shelf at least when the playoffs begin. He'll probably mm-hmm. come back at some point. But he's been such a big part of, of their success this season. I think it's. Uh, I I think for sure I'd, I'd rather that. Um, and then 
you know, I think there might be some extra motivation there for, for Kyrie as well as he finds himself playing some playoff games in uh, Boston Garden. So, uh, all things considered, I think I would, if I'm a Nets fan, I think I would prefer the Celtics matchup. But, um, you know, either either one of them are going to be difficult. The Nets obviously don't have home court advantage in either series. So, any way you cut it, they're definitely going to be in for a challenge. And I think there's a chance they could lose to either one of these teams. So, uh, it won't be a walk in the park either way. Again, Moke Hamilton joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, you know, Moke, what are you hearing in regard to Ben Simmons? You know, I, I, we know how big this trade was. Obviously, uh, from the get-go, it's benefited the 76ers because Harden has been able to play. Uh, but long, long, you know, long-term, only time will tell. We'll find out. We know Harden is all about the honeymoon phase with whatever team he plays on. Um, but with that being said, what are, what are you hearing about Ben Simmons? If, if you were to give us a percentage in regard to, uh, do you think Ben Simmons is going to uh, play in all this postseason? What would it be? I think I would probably, I think I'd probably go as high as, as maybe 50. Uh, and I actually wrote on uh, basketballnews.com uh, maybe about a week ago, but I actually thought the Nets should just shut it down. I thought that they should just come out and announce that he's not coming back, just to kind of rid the team of the distraction, uh, rid you know stop the, the the press and the media from asking about him so much. And part of the reason why I felt that way, Anita, is because the the back, as we know, is a very very tricky, very fickle thing. You know, you don't really have to go that far back in NBA history to find players whose uh, careers have been cut short if not ruined altogether because of back issues. The one that comes to mind immediately for me and for New Yorkers is Larry Johnson. You know, Larry Johnson is someone who was a tremendous athlete, very explosive, but his back betrayed him, and he ended up having to reinvent himself as a player. Um, Dwight Howard, another one you can make that same argument. So if I'm, if I'm Brooklyn, I don't really want to rush Ben to come back before he's 100% ready to. And not to say that the franchise is rushing him back, but there's just so much of an incentive for him to be pushed back into the lineup before he might actually be physically 100%. You know what I mean? And that's really what my concern would be if I'm Brooklyn. That said, because they have not ruled him out at this point, and because now the past couple of days we have seen him doing a little more on-court work, a little more activity out there, I think that we will eventually see him, even if only for a 10- or 12-minute spurt off the bench just to give Steve Nash another defender and, and just to help Ben get, get, his, get his sea legs under him. You know what I mean? So I do think you will see him eventually, uh, but I wouldn't be expecting to see him you know, playing 38 minutes uh, in, in a playoff game and closing a game with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I'm not sure that's in the cards for this you know, Moke, it's really surprising to me. The Nets are the second favored team to win the championship this year, which is really surprising to me considering that they are in a play-in game. Now, granted, it's the seventh seed, so if they win, they're immediately in as the seventh seed. Uh, we've been talking about the matchup, whether it's the Bucks or the Boston Celtics. It's still a tough one, uh, and they don't have uh, Ben Simmons as of right now. How, how, how confident are you that this Nets team can win a championship without Ben Simmons? Uh, not, not confident at all. <laughs> I'm not very confident in that fact at all. Now, I will say that over the course of the season, Steve Nash has definitely found something. Um, Bruce Brown, you know, this, this guy, uh, 
I, I mean, Draymond Green comes to mind for me because Draymond is a guy who can impact the game and who can win games for you without necessarily having plays called for him. And I think that Bruce Brown gives you that same exact kind of potential. Uh, I like a lot of the pieces. Patty Mills also been huge for this Brooklyn team over the course of the season. So I, I like what they have there, but the reason why they were championship favorites in the beginning was because we all knew that they had three guys on the, on the floor that could score 50 points on any given night. And that's just something that's really, really difficult for, for opposing teams to game plan for. You take James Harden out, you replace him with Ben Simmons. Okay, yeah, maybe Ben is a better fit for other things that Brooklyn wants to do. But defensively, they're not a team that I'm going to be relying on to get big stops against Joel Embiid and against Jason Tatum and against Giannis and even Bam Adebayo down the stretch of some of these big playoff games that I I think we see coming. So without Ben being in the lineup at 100%, I'm uh, I'm not that confident in the Nets' ability to win the whole thing this year. Okay, so with that being said, um, again, last regular season day here for, uh, for, for the NBA. Where everything stands right now, what you've seen all season long, who do you have coming out of the East? I, I'm going to stick with Milwaukee. You know, I've, I've, been, I've been on the Milwaukee train probably since November or December. Uh, they, they're just a stronger, deeper team than they were last season. Brooke Lopez missed a lot of time. Such an important member of that team last year. He missed a lot of time this season with back surgery. He came back recently. You know, he's been in the lineup now for a few weeks, and he's, uh, he looks like he's, he's very near to 100%, very, very effective, giving us the same kind of, kind of uh, you know, pluses that he was giving us last season. So I think, I, I, I think it's Milwaukee, you know, and if, if not Milwaukee, then I think I like the Heat's second best just because this team seems really motivated. Again, a deeper team than they were last season or even the bubble season when they won the Eastern Conference Championship. So I'm not really uh, going against the chalk here. You know, uh, Miami enters today number one in the conference, Milwaukee number two. And I think those are the, the two best teams in the East, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them duking that in the conference final. Just to give the West some love, uh, a number of people just don't feel that uh, anybody has the the offensive firepower or the defense that the Suns have. The Suns, the most complete team, that's for sure. You giving Memphis a shot to uh, upset the Suns or another team in the West? I I would say there's always a shot, uh, and I definitely would would caution to just keep an eye on New Orleans just because since the C.J. McCollum, now New Orleans is in the play-in, obviously, uh, but they will have an opportunity to earn that eighth seed, and they will have an opportunity to, to challenge Phoenix in that first round. I'm not sure I would take New Orleans, but sometimes what we do see, Anita, is we'll see a team like Phoenix have to go through a tough matchup in a round, and it'll take something out of them in the second round, and sometimes it can make a difference. All that said, Phoenix looks exactly the way the Spurs looked when they won the championship. And I want to say that was 2015, if I'm not mistaken. When they lost to Miami on Ray Allen's shot the next season, all season long, I I had several conversations with Danny Green about this, who was a member of that team. All they were motivated to do was get back to the championship and sort of redeem themselves and exercise those demons. Phoenix has looked 
exactly like that all season long. There's no reason for me to bet against them coming out of the Western Conference. That said, Memphis is not a team that should be slept on, and neither are the Warriors. So, again, not really going against the chalk. For me, those top three teams out in the conference, I think all three of them have a legitimate chance of winning the whole thing. And, again, if I'm Phoenix, I'd be concerned about seeing New Orleans or even the Clippers in the first round. Either one of them could uh, give give Phoenix some resistance and take some wind out of their sails. So very, very interesting here on the last day of the season. Still a lot to be decided in both conferences. Absolutely. Mo, thank you so much. Always great having you on with us on Sunday. Excited for the playoffs to start, that's for sure. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day, my friend. Same to you. Thanks again. But we're talking Major League Baseball right now with a very dear friend of mine. That's Rob Dibble, former Major League Baseball player. Uh, Dibbs, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm out of the ball game here in Connecticut where it's like 30 degrees. We just won. So uh, having some fun. Yeah, because, you know, baseball's intended to be played in 30-degree weather, of course. <laughs> These kids don't mind. Most of my kids are uh, football players as well, so they, they tough it out. Um, you taking in the Masters later on today? I am uh, a little disappointed in John Rahm and Tiger and Cantlay, but uh, Scheffler's been unbelievable. So I don't think anybody can catch him. That is, uh, I don't little little wine wager that Cam Smith wins today. No, yeah, I'll bet you some <laughs> wine on it. Yeah, little little wine wager between you and I. Yes, absolutely. All right, done deal, done deal, my friend. Let's talk some Major League Baseball. Uh, no story bigger right now than in regard to uh, Aaron Judge and the contract that uh, the Yankees had offered him. Um, Seven-year, 213.5, making him the second-highest-paid um, outfielder in Major League Baseball behind Mike Trout. He wants anywhere between 9 to 10 years, 360 or 324, making him the highest-paid outfielder above Mike Trout, who's making 35.5 a year. Dibs, if, if, if you were um, Aaron Judge, would you have accepted the offer from the Yankees? Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, he says he wants to go out there and test free agency. Good luck. I mean, Carlos Correa thought he was worth two to $300 million. He got $100. Uh, a couple of years ago, J.D. Martinez thought he was worth two to $300 million because of his agent, Scott Boris. Uh, he got 110 million. So you know, if a team's offering you 213 plus the 17 this year, would have given him 230. He gets to play for the New York Yankees. I, I think he's making a huge mistake. He's in an all-star lineup. Look at the lineup they threw out there yesterday. It, it's unbelievable. And then they don't need that much pitching. The bullpen was unbelievable too. So if you want to go play in Minnesota or you want to go play in Texas or you want to go play somewhere else, go 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 to Miami. Go play for them. But, you know, listen, for $200 bucks, and I get to play for the New York Yankees for the rest of my career, I, I think it's, it's unfortunate these, these guys get bad representation and bad advice. But if I'm Aaron Judge, I stick with the Yankees. I, I give them the hometown discount. Look at Mookie Betts. Yeah, he gets to go play with the Dodgers. No, nobody cares now. All the Red Sox fans have already uh, for, forgotten about him. So, you know, if you want to be a legend and you want to win championships, I, I would stay with the Yankees or one of these East Coast teams like the Red Sox. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that. I've, I've said this beyond just the Aaron Judge situation. You know, if I'm a professional athlete, I'm putting a value on the team I'm playing for. You know, you right. and I you and I both played competitive sports. It sucks. 
to play for a team that you know when you start the season you have no shot of winning a championship. It just it sucks. So I'm I'm going to put value on the fact that I'm signing with a club that I know is committed to winning each and every year, and I'm going to put a value amount on that. Um, I, I think I think you are right there. Um, wh- why do you do you feel that do you feel this is bad representation, or do you feel that this is Aaron Judge believing that he's worthy and he's more deserving? No, this is where the market is. I mean, you're giving ridiculous money. Like Fernando Tatis is not worth three hundred million bucks. The guy can't even stay healthy. Uh, you know, if I was going to give money away, I'd give it to Juan Soto with the Nationals. That kid's amazing. You know, Acuna Jr. and, and Albies down in Atlanta signed terrible deals, but they're secure the rest of their lives. So I don't think that they're going to complain about the $100 million that they got from the Braves. It's just it, it's how much you need to be happy or be told that you're, you're the best player uh, in your generation. And, you know, listen, Mike Trout may never play in a playoff game, but he's going to have a half a billion dollars in the bank. You know, so which what makes you happy? And so for this guy, the Yankees are going to be in the playoffs every year. They're going to win 95 or 100 games every year uh, to, to really kind of go against that and be like, I'd rather have $300 million or $400 million. I mean, it's just to, to me, yeah, you can get that, but you also run the risk of playing in an obscure place. You know, you could, yeah, you could sign with the Marlins or you could sign with the Rangers. Or you could sign with the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's great. Good for you. Um, Kansas City Royals, you know, they'll take an Aaron Judge, but no one's going to care other than that market. In New York, you're in the number one media market. Everybody's going to know your name. Everybody knows your jersey number. Everybody's going to wear a Yankee hat. I'm at, I'm at a baseball field in Connecticut. I'm going to say 75% of the people here are wearing Yankee hats. You know, you're not going to get that for any amount of money. So, you know, listen, he, he's one of many players that doesn't understand marketability uh, and, and making money off the field and branding. He thinks all the money's tied up in Major League Baseball. You've got a commissioner that tells Mike Trout that he should market himself. You know, if you're, if you're a player, you've got to smarten up and understand if you're going to market yourself, you want to be in New York, Chicago, or L.A. So I think some of these players don't get that. They're looking for – as, as much money because their agent is going to get 5% of that. But for me, Aaron Judge is making a big mistake and go out there. Listen, I, re- I remember when Matt Holliday, um, he and I are good friends. His dad actually recruited me to go to Oklahoma State. He said, I can't wait to be a free agent. Then he went out, he went around, he went right back to St. Louis and signed for the same amount of money uh, that they had offered him originally. He's like, I hated the process. I hated going around to these teams. I, my family hated it. It was awful. So if Aaron Judge is up for that, you know, more power to you. But most players, once they get out there as a free agent and realize there's not that many teams interested, uh, you know, he, he might be sorely mistaken and he might cost himself $100 bucks. Rob Dibble joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, at 30 years old, I think sometimes we forget, like, you know, and, and not that that's old, but in, in regard to him wanting a 10-year deal, uh, it's, 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 it's up there. It's not like he's 25 years old or 23 years old. Right. Um, and, and also lack of durability. I mean, you could go back to 2016 in regard to oblique, shoulder, wrist, wrist lower body. Um, with that combined, do you like, like, I feel that this is a very fair offer considering the combination of air age and lack of durability. I absolutely agree with you. I, I thought it was a very fair deal. You may say it's the Yankees, but Hal Steinbrenner's not George. 
He's he's not going to waste a lot of money. The Red Sox, they're not going to waste a lot of money. You know, they they have let some players go recently because they're like, listen, I'm, we're not going to pay you uh, what what say the Padres want to pay you. You know, the the Padres didn't win last year. I think they won seventy nine games last year. They were horrible. You know, and Tatis Jr. was often injured. So they're they they might rue the day that they gave that guy three hundred and forty million dollars. Uh, this this kid down in in Tampa Bay. You know, this Franco kid, they gave this guy $200 million bucks. He played 150 games. I mean, it's not even about paying your dues anymore or earning the money. It's like, you know, uh, it, it's what happens to you once you start earning money. Look at, look at Ben Simmons. Guy doesn't even want to play basketball at 25 years old. Didn't want to play for the 76ers. Great team. Good organization. The Nets, great team. All-star team. I look at it like you said, uh, Anita. It's the team I'm playing for. I am protected by the Yankees lineup. Go, to, go play in, in another town where there's maybe one or two good hitters in your lineup, and Aaron Judge hits 20 home runs and still strikes out 180 times a year, maybe more. So it's, it's, it's not like – so the Red Sox put out an all-star lineup every year. The Mets put out all-stars every year. Not many teams do that. Look at the Cubs. They slashed and cut everybody. The Reds got rid of all of their stars. You know, I mean, the, the Dodgers are one of the few teams that they're continually building because they seem to have excess money. But not many teams are going to do that. Look at the Giants. The Giants didn't re-up a bunch of guys. You know, so to me, it's where am I going to play? What kind of team am I going to play for? Uh, to want to leave the Yankees, I think, is, is a humongous mistake. Everybody wants to play for the Yankees. Look at Josh Donaldson, how happy he is. He, like, found gold getting to the Yankees. That, that's a dream come true for him. Again, Rob Dibble joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, we heard from uh, Buster Olney as well as uh, Jeff Passan earlier in the show, and both of them alluding to the fact that if if Aaron, Aaron Judge does hit the free agent market, don't underestimate Steve Cohen and the Mets coming after him, paying him the deal that, that he would want. Uh, your, your thoughts on, uh, on, on Judge going cross town? Listen, you, you can't stop owners from doing stupid stuff, just like I said uh, about Tatis Jr. or the Tampa Bay guy throwing money at this young kid. I, I mean, th- to me, Steve Cohen could throw a half a billion dollars at him. It's his money. He's got $13 billion, Go ahead. You, you're you're going to waste it. Like you said, it's helped as well. You know, this guy can't seem to stay healthy and stay in the lineup. You know, look at the money they wasted on Lindor. This guy can't hit, you know, hit water if he falls out of a boat. So it's like, okay, let's just throw money at some of these guys. I, I like the guys that are consistent and the guys that put up great numbers. I thought Freddie Freeman would have been a good sign with the Mets, but they shied away from him. I think the, the Dodgers uh, got lucky to get Freddie Freeman. Um, but, you know, there's, there's not that many guys, Anita, that are durable and consistent and, and that are going to go out there. and, and be, it's, it's not even the amount of money. You could, you could overpay for anybody. But it's it's what do you what is that guy bringing back? You know, is is he marketing the team? Is he the type of guy that's going to get you into the playoffs every year? You know, that that's why there's very few guys right now in any sport that that really, if you throw a lot of money at, that are going to go out there and, and look at James Harden. James Harden has gone from the Rockets to the Nets to the Seventy Sixers in one season. You know, most of these players are just trying to brand themselves. They don't even care about the teams they play for. So for me. Yeah, you know, Buster and Jeff, yeah, they're, they're looking at uh, owners that have ridiculous money that are willing to spend it in excess. I, I, I'd much rather be on a team where they're trying to win for the future, and that's the Yankees, 
That's the Dodgers. That's the Red Sox. Red Sox look really strong right now with a lot of the young guys that they put in play. Um, big picture before I let you go, Dodgers favored to win the World Series at 475, Blue Jays at 850. I actually like the White Sox at 11 to 1. Um, Yankees are at 950. Is is there a team out there? Mets got to throw them in there too, right? 12 to 1. Um, is there, is there a team out there that you like right now that you think um that you're feeling really strongly that that right now you're predicting to win the World Series? Dibs I don't like to predict World Series, but I do love the Philadelphia Phillies. I love that lineup. I love their rotation. Yep. Uh, Joe Girardi is a hell of a manager. When I when I could put Nick Castellanos down at the bottom of my lineup, uh, put Kyle huh. Schwarber at the top of my lineup, and have the MVP somewhere in the middle, I mean, they, they, they've got an amazing lineup. So uh, I think the Phillies are going to do a lot of damage this year. But, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers have great pitching. Um, I don't know about Craig Kimbrell at the end of games, uh, but you got Jensen's now down there with the Braves. So, I, I, listen, I think the National League East, I, I think your your National League winner comes out of there. I, I actually, it's interesting you say the Phillies. I, I put money down on the Phillies to win the National League East, uh, and you could get that right now at plus 320. Mets are at plus 175. Obviously, the Braves favored at plus 135, but I'm with you. I like I like what the Phillies have done uh, this this preseason. Dibs, always great having you on. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday right. and, uh, and in, in, enjoy Little League. <laughs> All right. You take care, Anita. You got it. Uh, Rob Dibble joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Listen, I, I, know, I know a very wide spectrum of, uh, of opinion in regard to uh, you know, what, what Aaron Judge decided to do, the offer that the Yankees made him. I'm with I'm I'm with Dibs. I feel the same way. You you've got to put a price tag on the fact that you are playing for a winning organization, um, and, and and not only that, a winning organization that you know each and every year is committed to winning. You know the Yankees are committed to winning. They're not they're not you know mailing it in. They're not an Orioles organization that has ownership that just looks at this as a cash cow. Uh, it doesn't matter. They could you know what. 20, 30 games below 500. Doesn't matter. They're still making money. That's not what the Yankees are. You've got to put value on that. So do I think that Aaron Judge is making the wrong decision? I absolutely do. What say you? 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. By the way, we, we, we've got Ty and Will who are producing the show. And on the break, Will shared uh, some really interesting information with us pertaining to uh, Aaron Judge. Will, what, what, what was yeah. it again? Yeah, um, Aaron Judge, obviously everybody knows him as, as the star right fielder for the Yankees. His agency is PSI Sports Management. They are the same agency that represents Milwaukee Brewers second baseman Colton Wong. Colton Wong makes a base salary of $8 million this year and will make a base salary of $10 million next year. That same guy is the highest paid baseball client that PSI Sports Management has. Now, they have Aaron Judge. For all we know, this could be their way of telling Judge, go to the open market. Because that's their guy. Obviously, Aaron Judge is more well-known than Colton Wong. If you are a casual baseball fan, you have no idea who Colton Wong is. He plays for the Brewers, second baseman, whatever. He's from Hawaii. Uh, He actually went to uh, Hawaii College. Nobody knows who Colton Wong is. People know who Aaron Judge is. So, Anita, do you think it's 
the agency telling Judge, go to the open market? Because maybe they feel he could get more than Mike Trout money. I'm, I, I would imagine so. I, I mean, you know, this is, this is their opportunity to make a name for themselves. Is it not? I mean, look at the scenario. Uh, you know, Yankees come out, offer seven years to, what is it, 215, something like that, 213.5. And now you, um, you instruct your client to not sign it, wait, hit the open market. What if a team like the Mets comes up with a 10-year you know, three hundred and and sixty, three hundred eighty million dollar contract. Woo! Doesn't doesn't that representation look good? Doesn't <laughs> that so put, doesn't doesn't that put them on the map? What's so funny is if you go to psisportsmanagement.com, psisports.com, the first player you see on their rotating billboard is Aaron Judge. Of course, it's Aaron Judge, and then like they have a couple of other players that somebody recognize, uh, James Shields. Uh, who used to play for the White Sox, used to play for the Rays. Uh, but he is their guy. Obviously, Aaron Judge is PSI's guy. And that's no disrespect to PSI, but I firmly believe this could be a business standpoint, that they believe Aaron Judge is worth all this money, and he could get 10 years at $300-plus million. And if that's the case, go test the open market. And like I said to you yesterday, Anita, Brian Cashman is, is not afraid to say to his franchise players, you think you can get that elsewhere? Go test the water. He did it with uh, Derek Jeter. Jeter ended up staying here. He did it with Cano at 31. He got 10 years from Seattle. He's not afraid of doing that. So who knows? Great uh, great research. We'll appreciate it. Um, I have a funny Scott Boris story maybe I'll share with you. Um, before... Speaking of Boris, too, Anita, uh-huh. the guy is a genius, is he not? The, he, the way he negotiates contracts for players, Michael Conforto is still available, by the way. He is a Scott Boris client, the same Michael Conforto that was compared to Aaron Judge a few years back. He's recovering from an injury, and he's claiming, oh, he's got multi-year offers at triple digits and the millions. And the way he negotiates is absolutely incredible, and power to him. I mean, he's amazing at, at what he does. And I don't blame PSI for trying to be like Scott Boris and boosting up their value. So really, really quick, and Anthony and Tony, uh, we're going to get to you, uh, get the calls going, 800-919-3776. So funny, sto- funny story with Scott Boris. I'm in Baltimore. I lived in Baltimore for four years. So I was in Baltimore visiting some friends, and I was staying at the Ritz. And so it was late at night. We'd gone to dinner. We got back to the, we got back to the hotel. We wanted to have like a last drink before bed. And, uh, and I was with a very dear friend of mine named Belacy. And so we were at the bar and it was like 1230 midnight. And I look over and, and my friend Belacy, she's, she's my very dear friend and she's my hairstylist. And so she knows nothing about sports. Um, even though she is from the Dominican Republic. And, um, so I turned to her and I said, I said, Belacy, I think that guy across the bar is one of the top major league baseball sports agents named Scott Boris. And so I called him up on my phone and I and I, I pulled up a photo of him and I showed him to her and I said, right? Doesn't that look like him? And she's like, she said, yeah, mama, I think, I think it is. I think it is. So I called the bartender over and I said, hi. I said, is that Scott Boris? And the bartender said, I can't, I, I can't divulge that. And I was like, okay, then I know it is. Do me a favor. Just ask him what he wants to drink. I'll buy him a drink. So I guess the bartender went over told Scott, like, hey, these girls over here want to buy you a drink. I don't think I... Looking back now, like I don't think that the bartender told him that I knew who he was. 
um, because um, he ended up buying us a drink and then invited us to come over and, and, and meet him and, and a gentleman friend he was with. And so I said, so what do you do? And he said, I am a brain surgeon. And I said, a brain surgeon? I said, wow. I said, because you looked really, really familiar to me. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm a doctor. I'm a brain surgeon. I'm, I'm here in town um, with some kind of special study and blah, blah, blah. And like, he was just feeding me all this, like he's a, he's a brain surgeon. Meanwhile, in the back of my head, I'm going, dude, I know exactly who you are. And so long story short, we, we had these bar Olympics where, you know, where you got to flip the uh you you've got to flip the the coaster and try to catch it in midair off the bar you know when you like you take the you you take the fruit you take the the orange and you got to like slap it off your bicep and still catch it so we so and like and we were wagering we had like all these bar olympics and you know we had we had a blast I, i mean we were just we we had a ton of fun really nice guy really fun but still feeding me this bs that he's some surgeon and I, finally, at the end of the night, I said, dude, I'm from Miami. I'm, I'm friends with Alex Rodriguez. I, I know who you are. <laughs> like, like, stop. Uh, and, and we just, we had a good laugh. But, um, but uh, you know, just really, really, really cool dude. Um, uh, you know, I, I think he just assumed because we were two women, you know, we knew nothing about baseball and, and there's no way that we would be able to identify him or even know who he was. Um but, uh, but, but that was, that was definitely an, an interesting night, but a really, really, really good dude and fun guy. And I took his money with bar Olympics. So there's that 800-919-3776. We come back, Anthony, you will be first up. Anthony, Tony, Danny, Harvey, hang tight. We'll get all your calls next 98.7 ESPN.